0: Our Holy Gospel today is from the ninth chapter of Mark, beginning at verse 30. Glory to you, O Lord. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. And he said to them, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. And sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the last and the servant of all. He took a little child and had him stand amongst them. And taking him in his arms, he said, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but welcomes the one who sent me. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to join me this morning in praying the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, granted by that same Holy Spirit, we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. I had the privilege this weekend to spend some time with some of our young younger members as uh, we had opportunity yesterday to uh, talk about what it means to receive the right of Holy Communion, and for the last two or three years now, I've been using a resource booklet. And that resource booklet that I'm using is a one. It's called "A Place for You." It's written by a pastor, Dan Erlander, and it's also illustrated by a Pastor Dan Erlander. I had the opportunity to meet Pastor Erlander uh, back in 1983. When I was uh, working as a volunteer up at Holden Village up in Chelan, uh, up up in the Cascade Mountains near Chelan, Washington. Probably one of the greatest summers of my life uh, as far as experience of being out in nature and living in the mountains and being near a glacier for the entire summer. I mean, it really was quite a wonderful experience. If you ever have the chance to go to Holden Village, I would highly encourage you to take that opportunity to do so. But the one thing that I've liked about this pamphlet is that it has a wonderful explanation about the life of Jesus and the impact that Jesus had on so many people's lives. And they're very simple phrases, very simple language, and all of the images, you can't necessarily see them, but you can tell that all the images are are pretty simple images. They're black and white. And the, the thing that is interesting, as the, the, one of the very first things that it introduced to kids is it introduce, introduces them to all the ways in which Jesus has loved people throughout his ministry. And as I looked at some of these things that he, they, they quote here, they say that he welcomed children, they say that uh, he healed sick people, that he preached and fed the 5,000, both the poor and the hungry, and Jesus was a person who was a friend to people who were outsiders. And as I think about all of those different people that Jesus encountered throughout his life, many of those people were people who were the most vulnerable in co- the culture of their time. These, are, these were images that I just showed you. These are images of Jesus touching, meeting, and making a difference in the lives of those who are least amongst us I don't know if you've ever noticed as you've read especially the Gospels and taken in that whole story of Jesus and I don't know if you've ever really taken the time to notice and I'm, I'm sure that you have because it's quite obvious that Jesus did not spend very much time with the rich and the famous nor the powerful nor the prestigious people of his time Jesus was a man for the people and of the people because he walked amongst them and he ministered to the least of society and those who were most vulnerable and to make that point with the perfect example jesus today brings a child into their midst with his disciples the least and most vulnerable of all people during the time of jesus he brings a child into their midst and he says to his disciples Whoever welcomes one child in my name such as this welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me but the one who sent me. Basically what he was saying to his disciples is if you welcome a child, you are welcoming God into your midst. I sometimes wonder if we as a culture and a society have become desensitized and callous to the vulnerable I really think if we are honest with ourselves, we all need to admit to some degree that our, dis- of our des- we have to admit to our desensitivity and our callousness. I'm not quite sure what has caused that over time, but I think a lot of it has to do with social media. We have these images before us on a daily basis. And we have access to things like Instagram, Facebook, tweets, and people have decided that this is a platform for them to basically say anything that comes to their mind. It's as if they have this free speech to express themselves any way they want to. And some of the stuff that they say is pretty bad stuff. And some of the images that are portrayed end up being pretty bad images as well. I know that it's—I it, know for me, I think it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle to try not to be desensitized, try not to be uh, callous, um, and yet somehow there's there, there's also a part of us that I think. Our, 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 our brains and our bodies, we put up this defensive mechanism because it's like we have to say enough's enough and we almost have to s- sort of shut things off. And it does cause us to end up being desensitized and callous to a lot of things, especially to the vulnerable. And yet every one of us here, every one of us here is just a heartbeat away from being vulnerable ourselves every one of us here is a one blood clot one stroke one cancer diagnosis one broken relationship away from being vulnerable our vulnerability and our powerlessness are closer than we want to admit to ourselves there was a wise man or I don't know if it was a wise man I don't know if it was a man or a woman There was a wise person who once said, if you want to see a portrait of God, look at a portrait of powerlessness. I really think that's something worth thinking about and contemplating and imagining. I know that the portrait that comes to my mind, and I know that many of you perhaps are starting to think about that right now. What is that portrait of powerlessness? Imagine what that might be for you. The image that comes to my mind is that iconic photo that was taken by Dorothea Lange back in the 1960s. It's a picture of a woman with two children, and she's sitting on a porch, on a sitting on a front step, and her two daughters are clinging to her shoulders, looking away. And the, and the mother is looking out into the distance, obviously thinking or reflecting upon something. That picture is a woman who was a migrant worker, a white Anglo-Saxon migrant worker picking peas in California, trying to make enough money to survive back in the 1930s. And if you know the photo that I'm talking about, it's this wearied look and the dramatic effect of grayness with the black-and-white photo, with her weathered clothes, and that austere, harsh reality of poverty. It's the face and the portrait of God. I appreciate what Deb Thomas has written about what she calls the divine economy. Another phrase that I think is worthy of some consideration divine economy she wrote in the divine economy in the god's economy power and prestige accrue as we consent to be little power and prestige accrue as we consent to be vulnerable to be invisible to be low to gain greatness not by muscling others out of our way but by serving them empathizing with them and sacrificing ourselves for their well-being what a wonderful definition of god's economy where power and prestige is accrued by being little and vulnerable invisible and low and by empathizing sacrificing and serving for the sake of others so i wonder as i thought about that i think it's worth asking a couple questions how might we spend more of our time living into god's economy consenting to be little and vulnerable and low how might we live into god's economy Serving, empathizing, and sacrificing for the well-being of others. This past week, I spent a little over an hour visiting with Patricia Jakes. She works with Catholic Charities. And she spends practically every moment of her working day working exclusively with people experiencing homelessness one of the things that we did in our time together was she took me over and we toured a building over on Mesquite that will be the future home of the Closed Closet and Catholic Charities. And I can tell you they have a long way to go, basically the building is a shell right now with a few walls, and, but everything's been gutted and they're in the process of trying to rebuild the inside of the building. And they have a long way to go towards getting that building up and running. But as I walked around that building, I saw it as a great opportunity for the people in Lake Havasu to come together to do something tremendous and to do a tremendous service for the sake of those who are most vulnerable in our city. I don't know if you know much about their plans, but they have plans for a drop-in day center there for people who can get out of the extreme elements, especially in the summertime. They also have plans of having a laundry, something that all of us here probably take for granted because practically every one of us in this room today has access to a washer and a dryer at our fingertips. Something that we just simply take for granted. A person who's homeless doesn't know when they're going to wash their clothes because they don't have the money and they don't have access to a laundromat. They don't have, they don't have the ability to, to pay. They're going to have a library there, and one of the things they're going to have in this library is they're going to have computer stations where people are going to actually have access to the Internet. And I don't know how how you take the Internet, but again, it's something we take for granted. But for people who are homeless, it's critically important for them to have accessibility to things like banking, having email, gaining access to important documents like birth certificates, and acquiring proper identification documents. And as I toured that building, I began to wonder, could this be a way for Mount Olive and other churches in our community to live into God's economy by serving, empathizing, and sacrificing for the well-being of others, by sharing our generosity, our gifts, our talents, and our hospitality? Is this, perhaps, maybe a moment where God is calling us to living into God's economy and helping to see a place renovated where respite and care can come to those experiencing homelessness. In just a few moments we're going to be singing an, a new hymn today. It's entitled All Are Welcome. And I believe the words speak of the living into I, sp- I believe that the words speak of living into God's economy and I want to read to you verse 4 that you're going to be singing here just in a few moments. Verse 4 reads and sings like this. Let us build a house where hands will reach beyond the wood and stone to heal and strengthen, serve and teach, and live the word they've known. Hear the outcast and the stranger bear the image of God's face. Let us bring an end to fear and danger. All are welcome, all are welcome, all are welcome in this place. For the past several weeks now, I've been using phrases like having the heart of God. It has something to do with the fundamental question that Jesus asked us last week. Who do you say that I am? I hope that you've been asking yourself that question this week. It's that question that we have the opportunity to live into each and every day of our lives as we reflect upon the life of Jesus And we see the ways in which he loved and cared and touched people's lives. I think that we can say with absolute certainty that he was living into God's economy by serving, empathizing, and sacrificing for the well-being of others. And I believe that Jesus, again, challenges us today and every day to have the heart of God, to have the eyes of God, to welcome the least amongst us. And for Jesus and his time... That perfect example was the child. When he welcomed the child, he says, we welcome God into our midst. Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, think about it. Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, came into the world as a vulnerable, helpless child. He came into the world in a lowly backwater town of little significance in our world, being born in a stable. He came as the least amongst us. He left the world in the most vulnerable of all possible ways. He died on the cross of Calvary, and he sacrificed his life for the well-being of all and made it possible for all to be welcomed into God's kingdom because of his life, death, and resurrection. Jesus invites us today to live into God's economy and to live our lives in the pattern and the path that Jesus lived by serving, empathizing, and sacrificing for the well being of others. I conclude with these words from Deb Thomas, who wrote To welcome a child is to welcome the divine. To cultivate childlikeness is to cultivate godliness. To choose vulnerability is to be great in the kingdom of God. May we continue to strive each day to live into God's economy serving, empathizing, and sacrificing for the well-being of others. Amen. I invite you to pray now with me the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now may you go forth from this place refreshed and empowered to do the ministry to which God calls you. Travel lightly for you, carry within you all that you need, and notice God's presence in simple, everyday experiences. And whenever opportunity arises, labor for the good of all, and may the blessing and the joy of God, our creator, healer, and life giver, go with you today and always. Amen.